Welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophies, observations and theories, what works for us and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. There's a certain art to crafting the right kind of message to convey what we're feeling via characters on a screen. Since so much of modern communication is done on said screens, it can be a lot of work figuring out your personal style and mode of messaging. Non-monogamous people spend extra time communicating with multiple partners in multiple forms, from the simple good morning, to setting up dates, to having sexy chat time, to talking about challenging feelings and even breaking up. Without audible tone or nonverbal cues, it can sometimes be hard to convey your thoughts or truly understand what someone else is saying to you via text message. So today on the Wet Coast, we're discussing texting, sexting, and messaging. I'm Kat Stark, and I'm joined by my co-host, Blake Morrison, who's probably a way better person to, than me to talk on this topic, because he does way more of this than I do. <laughs> well, I, I also don't... Uh, uh, I also have that kind of job where I'm at the computer, so I'm always getting the messages. I feel like it's actually uh, really hard to uh, maintain or even really start a relationship with somebody who, you know, quote, isn't into texting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, we're we're not going to have a relationship if they don't text. <laughs> I mean, like, what else? How else can you do it? How else can you, you know, talk to one another and, and check in and have that kind of thing? It just doesn't work. And, and I... I sometimes try really hard to be the person that initiates it if I know that the other person just, you know, they're happy to have conversations, but they're bad at initiating them. But at some point, you just get tired of, of always doing it, or at least I get tired of always doing it. And I start to feel like like it, they're telling me something by not initiating. <laughs> right. And that I'm, you know, invading their space and, and doing a thing that's actually not welcome. And I tend to do it less and less and less over time until it just goes away. Well, it's, um, it, it can also be hard not to take somebody's, uh, you know, often they'll, they'll be very upfront. It's like, Oh, you know, I don't really do a lot of texting and stuff. I'm not a, you know, not, not great at that kind of communication. Um, really it's hard not to take away the message. Uh, I'm not going to make this a priority. Yeah. And so it's like, well, you know, this is, this is how I make things happen. You know, I, in, in the old days, of course, we used to talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you shudder now, but we, you and I, we would talk on the phone for hours. It's true. Yeah. We totally, we totally would. And, and I, I it was even long distance at the time. Gosh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Within the same, like, municipal center, but it was long distance. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's and, and some people I know do talk on the phone still. Um, <laughs> or, you know, there's Skype and that kind of thing, which, you know, is very similar to that. And sometimes people do the, the video as well, um, the FaceTime thing or whatever. Um, and, it, and it can be really nice to hear someone's voice and get that tone and and especially if you are long distance to get that kind of vocal connection. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's about that sort of invasion of personal space that texting doesn't <laughs> feel like. Um, it's one, one of the things that has been a real adjustment for me is kind of the, uh, the casualness of instant messaging. Whereas yeah. I used to be really uptight and just, you know, 
do a lot of like editing and re-editing of my messages before I send them. And now sometimes I leave off punctuation because I've been you know told by people that punctuation can often seem really abrupt. Mm. So it's, it's like, what? You don't use periods? So yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's sort of about people's style because I'm a sentence writer. I use punctuation. <laughs> I capitalize. I've tried to like not do it, but it never feels like it doesn't feel like me. This is just who I am. And so, you know, I think when you're used to someone who like uses sentences and periods and stuff like that, then it's not going to come across as that sort of sharp kind of, you know, I'm saying this thing, period. Um, but if, you know, if you're new to conversing with someone, you don't really know their style that can be read weird. And I didn't know that was the thing <laughs> until more recently that I was like, Oh, I'm not supposed to use punctuation. <laughs> Unless it's an exclamation point. Oh yes. Um, I, it, I've actually s- s- stopped using question marks all the time because you actually have to go to another screen to get the question mark on the, on the standard keyboard. And so mm. it's like, I, I, I then it, you can tell it's a question. Yeah. You don't need the question mark if it's a well-crafted question. So <laughs> I, you know, I didn't even use emojis until, yeah. until I, you know, we started non-monogamy yeah. because, um, well, I don't know. I, I guess I, I just had a, you know, a thought that it was beneath me or something, <laughs> but it's actually unbelievably useful for communicating a lot of different things, whether it's, you know, your emotional state or playfulness or, um, you know, three hard eyes when someone sends you something sexy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it took me a while to use them. But, and although a lot of the time you use those, those ASCII faces that I have no idea what they mean. Um, <laughs> that are elaborate and I guess are, yeah. So those are wonderful mysteries along with your messages. I started getting so mad when messenger would replace my ASCII emoticons with emojis. It's like, no, I want, I want a colon and a bracket for my smiley face. I don't want your little, but you know, I've, I've gotten over it. (laughs) Maybe I, I, maybe I haven't entirely gotten over it. I don't think so, because you still send those weird ones. Well, I'm weird. I'm just not familiar with with many of them. I understand the shifty eyes. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Yeah, and it's a common one. So, <laughs> uh, so as we're saying, everyone has their own style with, with all of these things. Um, and it's really good, especially when you're starting out conversing with someone, to, to make sure that they know the kind of like abbreviations and stuff that you're going to use. <laughs> um, Cause I found, especially when we were first dating Iris, I constantly had to ask her like, what does that mean? Because she was on all these message boards and they had all this shorthand lingo and stuff. And because I, I like, I don't work in an office where we talk like, like on computers and I, I'm not exposed to that kind of thing. So I don't have that same sort of shorthand and so I spent a lot of time either Googling or just plain asking if there just wasn't an easy answer. Because often different subgroups have their own little sets of abbreviations and shorthand. Well, this is what happens when you date millennials. They just, they've got, they've got all their, <laughs> all their little shortcuts and stuff. <laughs> They're abbreviations. They're abbreviations. <laughs> we're old. For any listeners who don't know, we're, uh, we're, we're Generation X. 
and generational gaps are a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like seriously, you know, I, they're the references and stuff like that, you know, you sort of often can, can sort of, you know, place, place yourselves in pop culture, sort yes. of depending on what references you get or don't get. And, um, just, yeah. yeah. Like see, see what Simpsons references people get and, yeah. and figure out how old they are based on, you know, when, when they watch the Simpsons. Yeah. And I, you know, I like learning new stuff and it's kind of fun to, to get hit with it, but sometimes I just get grumpy. About, <laughs> like, why can't you just spell, like, why, why do you need to make up new words for, for things that have words? Frequency can be a tricky thing too, because, you know, some people, they want a lot of like, um, a lot of communication, sort of, you know, a lot of check-ins throughout the day and for other people, that's a lot of pressure if they're like, you know, um, anxious or avoidant, then, um, it, that can really, uh, inform their approach to texting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can, you know, trying to work out that or, you know, it's often helpful to just ask straight up front, like how, how often do you like to chat? And I often find in the beginning, there's kind of a mix of like chatting a whole bunch, but not like trying not to chat too often and sort of when you're building something because you don't want to come across as just like always in their face but you also want you like need you want to keep it going yeah. to yeah. keep things going well that that's that's part of like the you know in, infatuation or being twitterpated or crushing is yeah. is that you know that that just wanting constant um attention and communication mm-hmm yeah, but it can feel like, as someone who is anxious and avoidant, it can also feel like a lot if someone is messaging me a ton early on, and I feel like I can't, I can't keep up with them, and I, I don't have this much to give. Right. Um, so I like bounce between the "Am I too much?" and "Wait, you're being too much." <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's, this has been. <laughs> Cat Stark and Flick Morrison. Um, so you know a lot of a lot of relationships are really going to start around messaging, whether it's because you know you you, uh, you 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 met at an event and then you know friended each other or followed each other on Twitter, um, or you you find them on a, on a dating site. Um, but you know often that's that's where um, text is where you're really going to start um, finding out about each other and flirting with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you find like you like to receive as like initial messaging? Um, oh boy. Um, I, I cat pictures are good. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is the main way you flirt, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I was, I was told by, by someone that cat pictures are flirting. So that, that takes a lot of pressure off. Okay. Um, so, um, but, um, but yeah, I think just, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe just messaging about, you know, Hey, um, it was fun talking to you at a, at this event or sorry, didn't we get a, get a chance to talk more, you know, like sort of just, just something sort of acknowledging, you know, where you, where you met somebody and breaking the ice that way. Um, you know, just, uh, uh, so something that that relates to your shared interest. Yeah, because getting that that shared interest thing, you know, is is so important. Like right off the bat, and that's so the same whether you meet 
at an event or if you've, you know, read someone's profile and realize like, hey, we have these things in common, like referencing that in your initial messages is really important so that, <laughs> you know, it, it shows that you that you read the profile or that you were paying attention to that person when you met them. Um, and it gives you something to build on yeah. and something to talk about besides like, how was your day? Cause <laughs> wow. Unless, unless we're real close, how is your, how was your day is like a really conversation killer. Kind yeah. Of the most, the most banal of small talk, you know, yeah. anything that's normally, an, you know, answered with maybe like one word is yeah. not, is not a great approach. You know, um, how are you? How was your day? Um, what are you up to? You know, like all the, starting off with things that are normally, um, when you've, uh, established a, a great degree of intimacy and you're just kind of checking in with somebody like those types of questions are really kind of very misplaced. Yeah. And I know, especially on the apps that a lot of, a lot of guys tend to just send a million people messages because they don't get a lot of responses but I have so many messages in, you know, my OkCupid or in my Instagram inbox and stuff that I, you know, are just like, hey, hi, hey, hello, hi, hey. Um, and it's like, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, there's, um, from what I've, I've seen statistics on uh, messaging on dating apps and the, uh, the longer your message and sort of the more detailed is, the more like you, likely you are to get a response and start a conversation. But there's, there's a sort of diminishing returns. It's like you, you want to be able to send out a lot of these messages and you also don't want to invest too much. And yeah. um, so, so yeah, you want, uh, you want something that's, that's friendly that, you know, speaks to, to what's, you know, sort of unique about them. Probably don't want to like, just go off about their appearance, talk about how sexy they are, how yeah. beautiful they are. You know, these are things that are out of people's control. And a lot of people are really put off by this being the, their, the, your initial contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like not writing a six paragraph diatribe either. Yes. Like, you know, I think like a paragraph, like four sentences, you know, ish, like is pretty good. Like acknowledging shared interests, showing that you've read their profile or know something about them, you know, that you're, that you're making reference to, um, you know, saying something about yourself and how that might relate to you and, and asking some sort of question yeah. to get the conversation going. Now, if you, um, if you craft a message like that, and you get a really, you know, lukewarm reply, that's probably basically a no, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, since, um, so at that point they're, uh, they're kind of just being polite. Yeah. And, and I'm someone, I just don't answer people, um, unless I'm actively interested. Yeah. I think that's a good policy and, on dating apps. And um, yeah. And that, that might seem rude and it did, Initially, when I was on these things, I felt that that need from my upbringing to like respond to everybody um, and like acknowledge because they put work into it and they, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I realized like getting a few hostile responses to not continuing conversations or whatever. Um, I just was like, 
yeah, I'm just not going to answer because I, I'm not putting myself, you know, in the place to be called a fucking cunt who's ugly anyway kind of thing. I just, you know, preventing that just is kind of part of my life plan. Well, I think it's, uh, I think it's actually um, a kindness to just not message somebody if you're not interested because then they're not going to waste any time or energy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and I think it's like, it, it can be the same, um, you know, when you're, when you're flirting in person, you know, if you're, if you're enjoying the interaction, then, then that's fine. But if, um, you know, if they're expressing interest and you're really not interested, um, rather than, uh, waiting until it becomes really overt to like sort of deflect it, maybe deflect it early, um, so that they can move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, trying to carry your weight in conversation. I know that I have messaged people on apps and like done all the heavy lifting in the conversation and tried to engage them and tried to get discussions going and, you know, just getting sort of blank answers and, and not much else. I just, yeah, I just stop messaging because it's like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not prepared to do this kind of work. Um, so, and uh, you know, it's also kind of a sign of disinterest if someone isn't really giving you a lot back. So it's like, okay. Yeah. And you know, and some people, some people are, uh, shine better in person, but, um, you will never know if you don't get, don't get through that. (laughs) Yeah. And it is different, uh, you know, sort of depending on, on where you, like where you're, you maybe like met the people kind of thing. Like, on a, on a swinger site, you know, there's going to be a slightly different kind of message and energy that's probably going to go out initially just because it's sort of a bit more of an overtly sexy yes. space. Yes. Um, so I think generally, unless the person on their dating profile has some pretty overt stuff about their sexuality and what they might be into and stuff like that, really shying away from, from really overt sexuality stuff initially, I think is a really good plan. Um, But that can be different on things like swinger sites where you're actually really like you're being overtly like you're here looking for sex. Well, and your profile is generally a list of what you're into. Yeah. So a lot of possibly a lot of nudes, a lot of nudes. So, you know, like that, that context is, it's very different. The, the, because the context is more sexual, you know, talking about people's pictures is obviously a lot more appropriate and, you know, maybe, um, you know, asking some questions about their interests, uh, probably without being too graphic, mm-hmm. but, but still, you know, like broaching the subject of, of, uh, of that totally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, compliments can be, can be nice, but yeah, as you were saying earlier, like too much of the appearance based stuff can, yeah, can just get a little bit oogie. And yeah, it doesn't, it's like, well, thanks, my genetics, <laughs> you know, like there's sort of a, a limit to, to what that can sort of say about, about somebody. You know, and if it's awkward, you can, you can have fun with that, right? Like mm. just, um, be, be honest about it and, you know, maybe laugh at yourself a little bit and that can help to diffuse a lot of the tension that you can have around feeling awkward. Yes. And I do appreciate when people acknowledge that they're awkward, um, you know, and I often do it, but there's also that, that point at which you're like, okay, having a little, 
little joke about stuff, but I've also gotten messages that are that really like overly self-deprecating kind of sad sack, like, oh, you probably won't be interested in me anyway, but you know. Yeah, that's no good. Nobody wants to hear that. um, That's the, um, when, when a message is, you know, um, six, six lines of apologies before, you know, um, before they, they get to saying anything or, or asking a question. Um, that's, you know, it's just not a, a great way to present yourself. Like, you know, um, be, um, be, uh, be a little more clear if you're, um, if you're, if you're worried about wasting somebody's time, wasting time with a bunch of apologies yes. about wasting their time, it's not a great way to, to, um, to, to, uh, respect their time. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, I hadn't looked at my OkCupid or anything for a really long time and opened it up today just cause I was sort of browsing, like what sort of messages do I get and, and stuff. And there was one from, a guy um, who was part of a couple and, and, you know, my profile was definitely referencing that I, you know, like being a unicorn and stuff like that. Um, and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, my partner would really love you and blah, 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 but you'd be stuck with me and blah, blah, uh, you know, and, and it's just immediately just like, Nope. <laughs> you know, and I, and I, all right, tell your partner to call me. <laughs> yes. And I looked to pictures of, of this person's partner and I'm like, wow, she's really hot. I would be into her. <laughs> um, but just immediately just turned off by that kind of approach. Um, cause yeah, like trying to get someone to feel sorry for you to go on a date with you. Like, yeah, it's just, it's kind of icky. I mean, there's a reason the phrase pity fuck is a thing, but <laughs> I'm not re- that reason. though. <laughs> And, and, you know, the kind of thing that you're looking for is also part of, of what's going to change the kind of approach to messaging. Right. Um, you know, people who are looking to build, like, a long-term romantic partnership are probably going to have a slightly different approach in the beginning than, like, if you're looking for a hookup, you're looking for friends with benefits, you know, often going to, you know, jump to something a little, a little naughtier more quickly in those kind of situations. So sexting. Sexting. What's that exactly? I don't know. Something I used to do a lot of, and <laughs> I don't anymore. And I must admit, I I feel like I've really lost the knack and kind of forget even what it was all about mm. um, because it's been so long since that was part of my my regular messaging dynamic. Um, and I've found even with people that I've been, you know, in sexual relationships with recently, we don't have like ongoing sexy messages we might have messages like before or after we get together right um but it's not that that is sustained over time um the way that that it has been in the past when i've had you know long distance partners or or sort of more regular partners in town um but uh yeah i used to i you know and even with you like i i don't send that many sexy messages anymore um because it it sometimes just feels weird because it's just it's just not a place in my brain where i am very often these days so yeah it feels a little kind of false to try to generate it even though i i know that often you kind of need to you know do the fake it till you make it things to in order to have stuff feel natural again yeah but i sort of feel like i'm you know some magical thing is going to happen and my libido is going to be fixed and I'm going to be all like, woo again. And yeah, that's, 
I'm sure that's a really sensible approach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you you often want to start with a with a hint of sexiness with sexting. Um, it's you know, I mean, again, it's going to depend on your dynamics. Sometimes you are going to just jump right in there, but a lot of the time, you know, you're going to get a little bit of that sexy going to kind of yeah get the energy flowing and stuff like that and sort of see where it builds because uh, it's it's not always a great time or place for it especially if you're you know chatting with someone who's at a distance like you don't actually know what they're doing and they might be in a meeting and sometimes it might be really hot to be sexting during the meeting <laughs> and it just adds this this extra like frizzle um but you know other times yeah you're just you know you're into the person but not into it right that moment See, that's, that's interesting. I've, I've, uh, that, that's never been, uh, sort of part of my sexting con text. Uh, I, for, for me, it's always been like, um, it, it's, it's analogous to an email in a lot of ways that you just send it and they'll read it and respond to it in the sort of appropriate time mm. and that. So, you know, yeah, I've, I've never, um, I've never asked or had anyone say, Oh, you know, uh, this is a bad time. Can we, you know, can we do this later or something? It just kind of, it's kind of naturally unfolds, you mm-hmm. know, cause it'll, it'll start with, you know, sort of flirty things. And if it's like, just, if it's somebody who's checking their messages, you know, every couple hours during the work day, then, um, you know, it, it'll sort of escalate very slowly over yeah. a period of time. Yeah. Whereas if they've got some periods to devote to it, then it, you know, it can get very, um, you know, very filthy a lot faster. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. I've never, I've never, um, I've never thought about checking in with somebody, you know, saying, you know, Hey, is this, is this a good time? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, maybe, maybe that's bad, bad protocol on my end. Well, I mean, it sounds like, you know, things have, have built somewhat naturally in that thing. And I think again, like if, if you're starting out slow and it's building, then that's a different situation than just jumping in with like sending someone nudes or or that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, I was just thinking about how you taste or something like that. Like, you know, that, that can be really sexy to get out of nowhere, but sometimes, yeah, it can also feel a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, you're, Yeah at the retirement home talking to your grandma and you get this message <laughs> and it can just, yeah, feel a bit. Feel a bit well, awkward. and you know, and, and if you've, if you've never sexted with somebody before, yeah. then, you know, then you, you don't really have a sense of what their boundaries and sort of interests are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so, um, uh, when you're, when you're, you know, sort of just starting to, you know, get, get, uh, flirty and or dirty with somebody, then, uh, you know, sort of definitely starting slow and, and gradual, um, you know, even, even something like, um, you know, I, I, uh, um, I'd really like to put my mouth on yours or something, you know, something mm-hmm. that's, that's really, you're not even, you're not even talking about kissing them. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're talking more obliquely. And so, you know, uh, sort of, um, hinting and, uh, and innuendo can be, can be a lead in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and if you're not sure, you know, where the, your dynamic is with somebody, it's a, it is a good time to check in. I've done yeah. this before where it's, it's been like, you know, Hey, um, I, you know, I 
was kind of having some, um, I, I can't remember the word I used, but you know, so I was kind of had this, this, uh, this, uh, notion that I kind of wanted to share with you and, um, you know, and, and make sure that it's going to be welcome. I remember talking to a friend saying, you know, Hey, I, I, you know, would you, would you like to, uh, would you like me to talk, you know, tell you about dirty stuff I'd like to do and that. And she said, yeah, I'd love to get some word porns and stuff. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it can be a good idea if you don't have that established to figure out where it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being super clear on asking people like you don't, you don't have to be a mind reader. Yes. You, know, you can just say like, you know, I, I'd really like to flirt with you or, or, you know, like things like that, that you can, that you can just ask, like, you know, check in and, and say like, you know, if, are you into this kind of thing and yeah. um, go from there, you know, and, and you can, um, you could either uh, have some conversations about, you know, what, what people like, you know, what they like to talk about before you start sexting, yeah. um, you know, what, what type of, you know, if they, if there's stuff they like to be called, mm. if there's, you know, if there's uh, names for body parts, names for body like parts, don't like. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, some people have some very specific rules about what, what they, words they want for themselves and words they want for their job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I often like a lot of that oblique stuff, even though I also like direct things like it can it can just be this really fun kind of build um, in that sort of energy. And I also like when people sort of talk about like, you know, what, what, you know, uh, they want to do to me or, or what like looking at me does to them or that sort of thing, like having that reaction to me, like in their body right. um, can be really exciting. Um, and it's something I often really like to, to hear about other than from strangers on yeah. <laughs> on Instagram or Twitter. like Or in our email inbox. Yeah, or in our email inbox. Um, like, yeah, that, that I'm not a fan of. But um, when we have some sort of established thing, then, then yeah, I really, I really love that, that kind of uh, energy. And um, that feels really, it feels so related to me that it becomes very sexy. At first, an open marriage seems like the greatest thing in the world to Natalie and Sean. Adding a bunch of new, hot people to their already excellent sex life? What could be better? Then they meet Beth, a queer single mom with a lesbian partner, and things become complicated. After some fun dating as a threesome, Beth and Sean fall in love, and Natalie feels pushed to the side by both her former lover and her husband. As Sean and Beth begin celebrating new milestones and plan their first trip together as a couple, Natalie is thrown for a loop and longs for a time that being open felt sexy and fun. Natalie starts seeking that fun for herself and, after many naughty adventures and a few false starts, finds her own unexpected love. Join Natalie, Sean, and Beth in a funny, sexy, surprising story as they navigate the challenges of deciding that when it comes to the amount of love in their lives, they choose more. Get Cat Stark's new novel, Waking Up Polyamorous, in ebook or paperback at your favorite online retailer. Hi. 
I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And with our powers combined, we are the Multi-Amory Podcast. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But... If you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then come check out the Multi-Amory Podcast on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm, the Swingset FM Android app, or at multiamory.com. Sometimes, you know, uh, some partners really like hearing about stuff um, you recently did with other partners. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, but sometimes that can be a little angsty as well, right? Like when a long distance partner is talking about, you know, some sexy stuff they did last night. And it's like, you know, it can really, you know, make you pine. Mm -hmm. So um, if... um, if you're uncomfortable with that and someone's pitching it, I would really recommend to be honest mm-hmm. about it. And, you know, um, because, um, you know, you, you want it, you want it to work for you as well as for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, some people are really able to eroticize jealousy and those feelings mm-hmm. and, and other people aren't, you just feel bad. Um, or sometimes a mixture where like, when you're super horny, you're like really into it and then you have your orgasm and now you feel bad. It's like, oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, brains are kind of like that. Yeah, arousal does a lot of really fucked up things to our brains. So. Yeah. Um, you know, a really, uh, a really great way to learn how to sext is, um, is playing Remember When. Mm-hmm. Right. Talking about, you know, stuff that you did together, Be, you know, because a lot of people, you know, have trouble kind of coming up with, you know, the sort of the words, the stories, the imageries and that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, remember when, when I did this, remember when, you know, um, I remember when I, you know, straddled your chest and jerked off in your face. And you remember when, uh, you know, we were, remember when we were, you know, um, uh, making out at the back, back of the, the conference room and it just felt like we we're melting, you know, like the, the, yeah. you know, whether it's, it's super filthy or super schmoopy. Yeah, for sure. And I think in, in my book, waking up polyamorous, I refer to it as like sexy time machine. Um, <laughs> and it's like, cause yeah, that remember when, and, and it can be really fun to reference something that happened a while back or like five minutes ago. Yes. Um, yeah. Remember, you know, you're lying in bed. Remember that thing we just did yeah. uh, or someone's on their way home and, yes. and, and you know, they've texted you about, you know, I can't believe we did this. And, nah, 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 and yeah. remember, remember when she did this to you. Yeah. That's, that's super hot. The, uh, one of the interesting things about sexting though, is that, um, there's, uh, sometimes sexting is about fantasy and sometimes it's about foreplay. Yes. And, um, and some people sort of have different interests and thresholds where, oh, yeah. right. Cause, cause for some people sexting is almost like writing an erotic story together. Yeah. And you might talk, you know, sort of um, fantasize about stuff that you actually aren't interested in doing. Like, yeah. you know, like maybe you're, maybe you're sexting about, um, you know, a clown or balloon fetish and you're not into clown or balloon fetish. But, you know, it's, it's sort of fun and sexy to talk about this really bizarre thing together. You're making weird faces right now. Yes. Well, you know, I am a clown. <laughs> um, and, 
you know, whereas, whereas other people, when they're, when they're sexting, um, they really aren't interested in sexting about stuff that they don't want to do with that partner. Yes. Right. So if that partner is, you know, sort of, you know, talking about butt stuff and you're not really interested in doing butt stuff with them, it's like, uh, Oh, you know, I'm, it's not really my, my bag. And, you know, and whereas other people, um, well, you know, they, they do not like anal, but they love sexting about getting fucked in the ass. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it, you know, it's really interesting. And, and additionally in sort of the fantasy versus foreplay continuum, um, sometimes sexting is about, you know, what, um, what we'd like to do when we're face to face, or it can be just about arousing each other to jerk off right now. Just right in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I hadn't think I hadn't thought about that because I've definitely, I think, again, sort of based on that, like sort of upbringing and worrying about like owing someone something, mm-hmm. um, I would be like quite hesitant to sex devote something that I wasn't like into actually doing, right? Because I would feel like I was sort of setting up this expectation that I couldn't fulfill. But I've realized that I actually have kind of done that fantasy stuff like with people without really realizing Mm -hmm. um because you know and that's often with people who are very long distance because like by the time you actually get together who knows whether this is going to happen but i've also sort of been disappointed that things haven't happened when we have gotten together Mm -hmm. um because we had talked about it so much beforehand and then it just like nothing like that was was going on. It was kind of like, oh, I thought we were going to do that thing. And yeah, and and so because sexting um, is is kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. If there's stuff that was in your sexting that you actually want to make happen, you have to go yeah. after that, right? Yeah. Like you can't, you know, it's like it's like, oh yeah, we talked we talked about doing this thing. You can't assume that that's going to happen when yeah. you get together. There's a good chance it will not because it'd be like, you know, they might be thinking the same thing, right? They'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, I thought we were going to do this thing and they never said anything. And so both of you are like, you know, like, oh, is this really going to happen? And then it doesn't, yeah. you know? So, so yeah, if you, if you, if you want any of those things, if they're actually going to be on your, your to-do list, make sure that the other person knows about it. Yeah. And I often find like the wild stuff, is amazing when you're sexting, but when you get together, like, especially with someone who is long distance, you often just want that really intimate connected time. It's true. That isn't about the wild stuff. It is, it is about, you know, sort of much more vanilla, you know, holding each other kind of, kind of sex. Um, as opposed to like, you know, when are you going to piss on my chest? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting um, that that dichotomy and 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 again, I think that can be a really worthwhile conversation to have with people and say like, you know, like, hey, do you want to do you want to just do fantasy stuff here um, and make it clear that you are fantasizing and not having any sort of expectation um, versus like often we would do before we would get together with like a regular partner. And we'd sort of have the like, okay, what fantasy do you want to have come true tonight? <laughs> kind of kind of things where we would, you know, have those kinds of talks about stuff that we actually intended to do once we physically got together. Yeah, I, I it's um, it's actually one of my favorite things with group sex is like, you know, 
sort of, you know, all right, now what do you want to do? Yeah. 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 And, and I find that that generally needs, like you need to be getting together often enough for that to be the case. Yeah. So you're sort of not just kind of, you know, um, it's not really vanilla sex, but you know, like, um, just kind of banging it out. Yeah. You sort of have more of that, that kind of freedom with that or, you know, and I, I have had that experience with, with sort of newer partners, but that's just not always the case. Often, you know, you're sort of following as sort of that, that script almost that, you know, you do this and then you do this and then you do this and, um, to just step back and be like, Oh my God, I really you know want this to happen tonight. And, you know, maybe it won't, but a lot of the time, you know, people are just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, and yeah, and, and so sexting can, can be a great way to find out about each other's fantasies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so sort of after a sexting and after you, you know, the, uh, the arousal wears off and you're, you know, you're using the other parts of your brain again, um, you can, you can ask somebody, you know, hey, was this just, you know, sexy talk or is this a thing you want to do? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd really like to do it. And I think I, you know, I, I know some people that we can bring and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like, like the stuff you look at in porn versus, you know, what you actually do in your sex life. Yeah. They might be completely different. Yeah. See, even I'm learning. (laughs) Learning. (laughs) Now texting, texting as communication can, can be pretty important. You know, we've talked about long distance partners, but even, even local partners that Mm -hmm. you, if you don't live with them, it's, it's a way of, um, it's a way of maintaining a connection with them. Mm-hmm. Well, and even when you do live with them, like I, yeah, you and I text a lot. We and do. It's... And, and I find it hard when I like check my phone at like four o'clock and, and I haven't heard from you all Aww. day and I'm sort of like, Oh, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, I could have messaged you kind of thing. <laughs> um, but you know, because I work a job where I tend to, you know, check my phone sort of every hour or so sort of in between appointments. Um, I'm not someone who can like really maintain an ongoing conversation. Um, but just, yeah, sort of just getting those little messages out of the blue that sort of indicate someone's thinking about you. Um, even yeah, when you live together and you're going to be going home to them, like it's, yeah, it just keeps that. And when you live together and they're in the other room. Yes. (laughs) Or occasionally sitting next to you (laughs) on the computer. (laughs) Or on holiday things when you need to talk about your family. <laughs> Jesus. You know, and some people like to have, like, patterns, you know, like, they say good morning every morning or good night every night, and, and, you know, and other people don't have that at all, and it can be, you know, you sort of need to figure out your style and, and what you like and what other people like as to whether that feels really good or whether that just feels like, okay, maybe I don't need to hear from you every day. Well, and then there's, uh, if you're in a long distance relationship and there's, there, there's sort of that, uh, that milestone and you're like, oh my God, I realized we didn't say goodnight, mm. you know, and, you know, and, and so there's sort of those, that, those stages of it, of waning in RE where you're, mm. some of those patterns start to, start to fall down a bit. Right. And then, you know, and then, uh, you know, uh, a few months or, or, or a year or so later where you're, where you're like, wow, it's been a while since I said goodnight to this person. Mm. So, um, so yeah, te- texting can be uh, kind of an interesting barometer for NRE in a, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that you're just, whether you're just like desperately, you know, waiting to hear from them kind of yeah. thing. And it can be tricky with long distance and time zones and stuff yes. like that as well. Although I've noticed like pretty much everyone we have been long distance with has been in, you know, more Eastern than us and, and in later hours, but they don't really sleep. So no, they, they um, stay up so late. And they, so yeah. I'm at like 1030 Pacific saying good night, but them at like 1230, you know, on their time, aren't even thinking about going to bed. Um, but I'm like, Oh, I probably shouldn't message after 10 because Holy crap, that's midnight over there. <laughs> um, kind of thing. But yeah, that I'm going to sleep before they are, despite the, uh, the time difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, texting can be really important, you know, as I said, for maintaining that emotional continuity, you know, it can often be the majority of your relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, so, um, whether it's scheduling or distance or just, you know, uh, lifestyle differences, uh, you, you may spend, uh, most of your, most of your time with them texting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I, th- I think it's important to, to kind of, um, treat it a little bit, you know, with a little bit of respect with regards to, to its, to its importance in your relationship in that way, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and that doesn't mean it always needs to be, uh, to be heavy. It can be light, you know, you know, um, sending memes, laughing about something you saw on TV, um, asking if they watch, you know, something sort of, you know, frothing about the latest issue of the latest uh, episode of Watchmen, you know, I, for, and, you know, and for me, I used to, uh, in the early days of non-monogamy, I used to be uncomfortable messaging a partner when I was with another partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt really weird about that. And, and I think it's kind of a bit of a monogamy hangover, right? Like it's, disrespectful to remind this partner that, you know, I have another partner and that my focus is, you know, is pulled in a different direction. In reality, um, I think the, the opposite of is true. I found that when traveling, it's really helpful to have the same connections that I have at home and sort of maintain that, that communication. Your, your partners know about your other partners. So it's not, you know, it's like, Oh, I just want to check in with, uh, with with cat about so and so you know it's 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 not weird if I don't make it weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find that I'm very conscious of how much I would message you like while you're away with someone else. Yeah, because it's like, oh well, yeah, like his focus should be on them, you know. And like I, you know, obviously would talk to you about important stuff and and need that connection, but. I always stop myself when I'm going to message you some nonsense about what I just saw on the bus or whatever, because it's like, you know, like they can just be together and be concentrating on each other right now. And this, you know, this just really doesn't need to be part of that. Um, so yeah, it can, it can be weird from, from either side of it to, to do that. Yeah, well, you can you can send me that dumb stuff. <laughs> like, I, I like that. I, I, I know, like, I know that I can. Like, I like, I like feeling like everything is normal and everything's okay. Yeah. Like, it, that helps with that, and that helps with sort of you know, feeling feeling those connections and and yeah. Well, you know, and everything is okay, but it, everything isn't normal because you're traveling with someone else. So, I mean, it's not normal. <laughs> you're in a different place with a different person, so that. You know, I don't know. All right, this got awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
think I don't think it's awkward in a bad way. I think it's just a discussion we're having. Our podcast doesn't just have to be us like talking as if like none of this actually applies to us. So sometimes text can be an easier way to have like weird conversations yeah. that are awkward. <laughs> Rather than on your podcast. <laughs> um, th- that's that's actually really true. Like it 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 can it can give you a chance to kind of craft your words. If you're mm-hmm. someone like me who often um, kind of gets into a spiral in my head, trying to figure out how to articulate what I'm trying to say, you know, actually sort of you know typing those words out will help you to coalesce them in a way that. They never coalesce in your in your head. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it just like um, I think that that for for those of us who who have anxiety, um, part of us is never entirely convinced that we won't that we won't die. You know, the, 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 it often seems like there's a chance that we will die if we have this conversation. Mm. And having having the uh, there's sort of the distance and perspective of texting can help you feel less like you might die if you uh, if you talk about this thing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And yeah, I have like I'm not someone who thinks well on their feet. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> don't know why I'm getting this frog in my throat. Uh, Whatever you're drinking, <clears throat> it's really. No, I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm totally baby yodaing it right now. <laughs> Swallowed a frog, sticking yeah. out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, Hot, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I don't think well on my feet, and I really hate it when people want to have awkward conversations with me on the phone, or like when someone has like waited till we got together to break up with me in person, and I'm like, well, now I have to walk through this neighborhood crying. Yeah. And you could have just let me be at home when this happened. Like it, it, it seems cruel. Well, um, the, the the other thing about that is that when someone waits to break up with you in person, now you have to think how long have they been planning to break up with me? Yeah. But they couldn't because they were waiting till we were in person. Yeah. Right. And so. You spent. You flash back to all the conversations. Yes. And like where you were acting like you were together and they were. They were not with you anymore. Yeah, they were checked out. They, you know, they're, um, you know, you were sending dirty messages and you were, you know, planning things with them. Yeah. And so uh, breakup via text has a bad reputation, but I think it has a lot going for it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it. Like just just getting it over with and and sort of you know get sorting it out as soon as it's relevant instead of you know when it's you know practical and convenient to to sort it out in a restaurant so that you don't throw things. Hmm. Yeah, and I've even like that giving the person the chance to not have to like when someone has broken up with me and then like been apologizing and then I've like had to reassure them. Mm-hmm. you know, like in person or on the phone or something like that. And like via text, there's going to be less of that, like need to, to console someone who has just like broken your heart kind of thing. And that like, I feel like that is a kindness to not expect that emotional labor of the person you just hurt. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that I, you know, 
and as I'm super anxious and all this stuff. So I really prefer that distance. Um, and I know some people really do want that like emotional connection and eye contact and, and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely for me, I would much rather, much rather the text message. Well, I, I had a partner, you know, um, maybe about three or four weeks after she broke up with me, uh, asked me out for coffee, you know, and, you know, I went out and, and she, you should apologize for, you know, breaking up with me by text and stuff. And I was like, it's like, no, that's fine. You know, you, you live like an hour away, yeah. like, you know, the, um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I got to do the reassuring, but this time it was because, you know, she was, she was so, um, so apologetic for, you know, she, she really felt like she had mishandled it and, you know, had, had done a horrible thing. And, and it's like, it's like, no, um, I think, I think texting is a fine way to break up. I, you know, there's, there's definitely a thing where, however, the person handled breaking up with you was the wrong way. And texting is often a red herring for that. Yeah. Really the thing that you're upset about is the rejection. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the texting can, can be a scapegoat for, for that, but it's impersonal. It's impersonal. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that, that's a good thing. I don't, I won't have to cry in front of somebody who's just dumped me. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I'm not going to cry in front of somebody who's just dumped me. So I then have to hold it together, Yeah. you know, and the jaw clench and the, Oh, okay. You know, well, thank you for letting me know. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. It didn't work out, whatever. Like, you know, and you know, and, and then as soon as you get away, you fall apart and yeah, that's. Yeah, driving or taking public transit home just after after breaking out, like yeah, having to walk up the drive buying cat food, like it's, <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> I feel I feel like this is a specific example. No, no, that's just just just, just a random uh, reference. Just a random. I read it in a blog. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the drawbacks about a lot of the the texting is that you can really misinterpret. Oh, that's what true. Someone yeah. is saying, yeah. and you know, we didn't really talk about this a lot, but I've had awkward conversations with people that I've read a certain thing out of their words and been like really upset and hurt by, and then sort of looked again later and went, "Oh, maybe, maybe they actually meant this by yeah. this," you know. And and sometimes you can just clarify, but other times, you know, it sort of has gone past that that sort of point. Um, but it is, especially when you are having, you know, difficult conversations, like, you know, asking for clarification or yes. that kind of thing. Cause often I sort of feel like I can't ask for clarification when someone is expressing something difficult. Right. Um, but no, you totally can. And they can, you know, choose not to answer or whatever, but you always have the right to ask for some sort of clarification. Not necessarily like, why are you breaking up with me? Um, but more just like, okay, like you, you said this, like, what exactly does that mean? Um, because yeah, that can, can have wildly different interpretations than what the words are saying, like in the other person's brain versus what you're reading. Well, and, you know, and back to, you know, back to infatuation and NRE, 
there's there's a there's a cycle early in in that where you will you know you kind of go on this roller coaster where you're like euphoric and excited and then there's like dread and hyper analysis and like how did i fuck this up you know and so texting can really um play havoc with that cycle because yeah. you know you send a message and then you don't hear back and you're like oh fuck what did i say in it you know and, and you yeah. go back and you look through and try and figure out how you offended them and how you have completely unraveled everything. Um, and then two hours later, they're like, sorry, I was stuck in such and such. And, yes, and, like, yeah. and then tee hee. Thanks for the message. And, yeah. you know, um, the, one of the things that I often come back to when, when I'm in that uh, hypervigilant phase of infatuation is, um, is I reassure myself with if, if the relationship is so fragile mm-hmm. that a slight misinterpretation of a text is going to fuck everything up, then it, it, it is doomed. It yes. was, it, you know, even if it wasn't this, it was going to be something. And so, you know, it doesn't, doesn't fix everything for me, but it helps to kind of, you know, pull back the panic and sort of give me a little bit, pers- bit of perspective mm-hmm. on the relationship. Yeah. You know, and, and again, as somebody who's anxious, I can have, those experiences with a long-term relationship as well. you know, mm. the, the, the fear that I fuck something up with, with a, a little misstep and it's, and the thing I use to reassure myself is like, no, I've been in this relationship for a while. We're, we're robust and we can, you know, we can handle, we can handle these things, you know, even if there is some, some real disagreement that is happening at this particular moment. Yeah, for sure. And sort of looking at, you know, the stuff that you have, whether together. Exactly. Um, can help with, with that but but yeah our brains make up a lot of stories about this kind of stuff <laughs> um, which can be very tricky yeah one one of the things i do find much easier via texting is uh seeking support you know expressing mm. vulnerability expressing pain you know and reaching out whether it's uh, to a partner or to a close friend or even a metamore you know i i i do find texting is you know, it, it just, um, it helps to, to mute the sharp edges of yeah. emotions enough that communication just becomes a lot easier and it's just easier to reach out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And like not having that sort of immediate panic of the emotional reaction as well. Like yes. that you're, you know, you're behind this sort of safety thing. And if you do get some sort of rejection, you're, you're sort of behind the safety glass when the bomb goes off, you know, (laughs) like it, it, it does sort of add that, that extra layer of of protection there. And, and, and yeah, and it can be a lot easier to, to ask someone like, yeah, as you said, like a friend or, you know, even like metamors and stuff that I've like asked for support at times when other people haven't been available. Um, and, and being able to be vulnerable in that way, which I wouldn't have like, phoned them and asked for that kind of thing. Um, even if I had a normal relationship with phones, um, that would feel like invasive. Whereas, you know, messaging them and giving them the opportunity to get back to me when they can. Um, so yeah, it helps to nullify them all. A friend of mine, uh, it used to be that whenever he 
sort of out of the blue asked me to go out for a drink. I mm. knew that there was like some, something serious going on in his life or, you know, he was struggling with depression and, um, and, you know, and, and he's really come to, um, to use texting as a way of, of reaching out. And I, and I think that, I think that's working a lot better because, you know, that, that whole thing of like, it has to be big enough to, mm. for us to, you know, to kind of go through this ritual for me to, to, you know, um, to make myself vulnerable enough to reach out, you know, with the texting, it's, I, I feel like it, it helps, um, it helps them sort of earlier and more often. Yeah. So you can reach out when it's a three out of 10 rather than a nine. Exactly. Um, so it doesn't, it maybe does never get to the nine because no. you keep, keep hitting those. Yeah. That's a really good point. So yeah, texting. That's it. I don't. I have no pithy wrap up for this episode. What? Um, Come on, bring the pith. <laughs> and not in that pith on my chest kind of thing we were referring to earlier. Uh, thank you for joining us. My new novel, Waking Up Polyamorous, is now available on paperback and ebook. Get it today from your favorite online book retailer. My sexy memoir, Yelling and Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut, is available on audiobook, ebook, and paperback. Go to Amazon.com or visit OnTheWetCoast.com for links to other marketplaces. Be like other awesome listeners by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast platforms. Just a few sentences make a huge difference in our visibility. And if you want to do us a big favor for 2020, please just jump on and just write a quick review. It, it really, really would be amazing. You can help us have more adventures to tell you about by contributing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash on the web coast. Huge thanks to our Patreon supporters who helped to make the show possible. You can follow us on Twitter at wetcoastcat, that's serious click at on the web coast. Email comments or questions to contact on the wetcoast.com. Go to on the wetcoast.com for cat's blog, story reviews, and more. Check out other great sex positive podcasts on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I'm Dylan Thomas, co-host of Life on the Swing Set, the podcast. We share our experiences in swinging, polyamory, and beyond. You're listening to a Swing Set Network podcast at swingset.fm.